The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street and now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company here from the star in Frisco as the Cowboys get set to take on the Buffalo Bills coming up this Sunday. They are at 10-3. and three. They are in first place in the NFC East for now, but they'll take on the Buffalo Bills coming up on Sunday. And we'll Don't break you take that, that away from you. us. Hey, Don't you take that away from them, Kyle. Here, freaking right freak, now. man. They are in first place. That's all that has to be said. Don't you say for now. Okay. They're in first place. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Okay? I love it when Isaiah gets into, like, voice cracky mode. <laughs> so if I Just drink a... coffee, I can start my day like that, too? Bro, I have not had any caffeine. That black okay. rifle. I need okay. some. It's okay. that black rifle coffee. Uh, you know, I, I will argue that I don't think you need any right now. I think you're where you need to be. <laughs> I'm not. I definitely need I some think... caffeine. Yeah, I'll tell you what, too. that black rifle will turn Oh, my gosh, yes. When we went and I had that, that thing and I downed it in, like, what was it, like, three yeah. minutes? Yeah. I was Bro, all day. I, I have a really busy day. I might have to take down about two of those. RTDs. They're starting to become more readily available. Like yeah. they're uh, I went the other day to a gas station. I was on my way to a gig. Uh I was halfway between Fort Worth and Stephenville because okay. I was going to Tarleton. And I stopped at a gas station and I was needing a kick. I needed something because okay. I was just I, I was about I had about 30 minutes left in my yeah. drive and I had a game to call yeah. that night. And I, I went into this gas station, and I was looking around, looking around, looking around, and sure enough, the, the same cans that we've got from Black oh, the Black Rifle Coffee, joints. the Cowboys one. Don't you pull that out. I'm going to drink it. Don't you pull that. You want it? It's freaking done. <laughs> Take it. I mean, it's it's been in there for a hot minute. Care. It's not it's necessarily cold. It's freaking go, isn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right. Clip that. I never thought that one would get Clip open. Clip that. I didn't either. I mean, we've got more upstairs. We can make it work. Just real quick. Just get a little, little sanitation. There we go. Yep. There you go. You need this. Here we go. Chuck, Bet you won't. Chuck, finish it. There's no there's way. There's no way he would. There is that. no way. <laughs> I would be worried for yeah, your heart's there's health. There's no way he's finished. Dude, he's about to be stop like, it. He's about to be like Micah. Yes. yes. That is incredible. That's right. That's incredible. Black Rifle. Yes. That's how we freaking go, baby. That is great. Never had a drink in my life, but I had a Black Rifle coffee. <laughs> there it is. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your eyes are watering. Dude, you just chugged 300 Let's milligrams Let's freaking go. Of I need it today. <laughs> High five. Bro, by the end of the what show, the Isaiah is going to be off the wall. You've never had an alcoholic beverage? I've never had alcohol no, never in my had. life, but I've had a Black Rifle mm-hmm. RTD. <laughs> Let me see that thing. Okay, oh, it's gone. Man. Let me see this. Oh, yeah, this is delicious. I've I've had Woo! my fair share of these. What's, how many servings does it say on that? Uh, it only it says, says one. It says IRS. It says Isaiah one. Runs wait, 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 wait. That thing's only, <laughs> that's one only one four, 140 calories mm-hmm. on one serving? That's right. Wow, I'll burn that off. I'm telling you, fast Black hurry. Rifle's got their stuff together, and it's not because they're the 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 uh, sponsor of the show. Yeah. Like it's good coffee. Yeah, this was it not really scripted is. by the way. Hey, I'm impressed. Yeah. Man. That, was, that was impressive. That was I didn't incredible. Think you were do that. Um, with you. that being said, um, news and notes. You want Isaiah to do news <laughs> and notes today? I'm afraid we're going to go too go fast. Ahead. You know, we got to take up some time here. In this Isaiah, segment. you just do the whole show today. We're going to sit back and watch. <laughs> just watch. <laughs> It'll be over in five minutes. <laughs> um, Thanks for joining us here. I'll talk to you next. <laughs> we can start with uh, Jonathan Hankins uh, with his high ankle sprain that he suffered coming out of the uh, game against Philadelphia. Um, th- they were testing and everything yesterday, so uh, Stephen Jones talked about it on the fan, and then Mike McCarthy talked about it yesterday during his press conference. And um, it doesn't sound like there's an official timetable, but Ian Rappaport immediately after the game had put out that you know he's expected to be you know somewhere in that three to four week mm-hmm. range and um, should be back by the playoffs if not sooner. But hopefully we'll get a little bit more clarity today on on the timetable for Hankins and if IR is necessary. Mm-hmm. Which I, I believe if he's getting put on IR, that would put him out for the rest of the regular yes, season. Um, but they do have two practice squad uh, defensive tackles that they have brought in over the course of the season. 
uh, Carl Davis, who is a 30-year-old, nine-year veteran. He's played in the league with a, quite a few teams. He's got a lot of experience in the league. It, it's tough to find those kind of practice squad guys with that much experience. And then you also have a uh, Willington Prevalon, who I think has the best name on the team. And he's very <laughs> sneakily one of the funniest players on the team. Yeah. So uh, he's a big boy. He wears a 94. So if you see him out there in the interior, that's not DeMarcus Ware. That's Willington Prevalon <laughs> next to me. He's back. Yeah. Uh, which one of these four games down the stretch, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, Washington, are you most concerned about without Jonathan Hankins? Yes. All yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All sure. Of them. I would say Detroit, and then this week, uh, probably jump, jump out to me just with the way that they run the football. That's where I feel like you're going to miss him the most. Uh, and, and honestly, he's kind of exceeded my expectations this season. No doubt. Uh, just the way him and Osa have played next to each other. Uh, they clearly, I mean, that group together has really helped solidify things in the middle. And so I thought it was a good sign when, you know, after he left the field, he walked back and was sitting on the sideline. So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe it's not anything too serious or he would have just stayed in the back. Um, but, yeah, high ankle sprain. So who knows how long did that keep a guy of his size out? Uh, not great, you know, but all things being considered, you look at every team across the league and everyone's dealing with some injuries, and for the yeah. most part, the Cowboys are in pretty good shape. So to come out of that game with that being the only thing, uh, I guess it's not terrible, but I think that we're going to notice his absence. It's a big thing. Like you said, it might be the only thing, but it is a big thing. And it's under the radar. It's not like it's one of those big names, but it's an impactful one. I mean, we've seen time without Jonathan Hankins in the past last year for instance whenever he went down toward the back half of the season they they had to make adjustments and the man him not having him in the middle there I think does uh it does a, a wonder in the wrong way for your defensive front but you have an opportunity to, for some young guys to really step up right so much like when Trayvon went or actually you can go all the way back to last week last year right when Jay Lou went down Deron Bland showed up right you didn't expect him to show up you're like oh crap Deron Bland, who's this guy? All right, here you go. He's a playmaker. All right, and then this year, you knew what he was capable of, and then Trayvon Diaz goes down, and what he goes out to where he's never really been before, and he balls out again. So in terms of opportunities, this is typically how things work in the NFL, how you find out about you know, you know know guys that are on the up and up. So we talked about our first-round draft pick in Mozzie Smith and how he's quote-unquote underperformed or slow to start, whatever you want to call it. This is opportunity for him. It's a huge opportunity. Now, it's not something that, as Cowboys fans, you want in terms of not having your 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 statue right there in the middle of the defense, but it does present an opportunity. You know, you do know that most likely you're going to the playoffs. You also know that you're also, you're going to get Jonathan Hankins back. So for four weeks, you have an opportunity to develop players who might not have de- developed had Jonathan Hankins been in that position. And so my question to you, all you guys, but especially because Isaiah just brought that up about the final these next four games. So a pretty popular response on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen this, has been fans talking about, well, what about Indomitian Sioux? There's a text I was just about to go to. What are your thoughts on that? I'm not not against it. Uh, You can bring him on a practice squad and see how he's looking, right? I mean, Indomitian Sioux is a freaking beast of a player when he played. I mean, you still got some other other names that I saw out there, too, that are some some guys that can play and hold it down in the middle. But you have to bring them on a practice squad and just see what they're looking like. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Are these guys... That's what they did with Bryant. They've done it with players like that in the past. I mean, are are these guys capable of still coming in and having an impact? You know, it's one thing to have have had a name and to have been a, a very impactful player, but are you still that? I don't know. Right? That's why you bring guys in for workouts. That's why you put them on practice squad and let them have an assimilation type period. Um, and if they can have an impact, then yeah, put them in the game. I wouldn't be against if uh, Indomitian Sue could still play at that level that he could. I'm not sure that he would be still sitting at the crib like that. That's just the reality um, of this league at that position. Everybody needs a run stopper. And if there was a dominant run stopper that was still available, he most likely would have been on a roster already. That's not to say that he can't still be productive um, you know, based upon what you're asking him to, him to do. But you just don't know until you step on the field. Yeah, yeah I'm not huge on bringing a Domkin Sue in. I, I don't think it's that major of an issue. If it was a, a season ender for Jonathan Hankins, then, yeah, probably you look into that uh, for, from my perspective at yeah. least. But he's going to be back for the playoffs, at least it appears so far. Um, you know, if it was a bigger deal, maybe so. But I, I'm, I'm confident with what's in the building to try and figure out what to do over the course of the next four weeks. And who knows? It might, it might be an opportunity for a guy like Mozzie Smith or Neville Gallimore or one of these practice squad guys to really be able to show that they are the reliable depth in that interior the 870 said hey mr jones please go sign sue 
That's, I mean, I don't know if this is a direct line to Jerry. I don't know if he has access we'll to this, to get it but to we'll, him. we'll see if we can relay that information. He'll have to get the two-factor authentication from uh, Beam, though. He'll have to. Jones. He'll, he'll, Jerry yeah, will. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, will. that's fair. What about what are you guys' thoughts on like Quinn Bohanna? Is he yeah. out there? Yeah. Is he in the open market? Mm-hmm. Big Bo's out there. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, so I read an article maybe a day ago. Yeah. Mm, now Here we, we are all, all searching. He's on, I think he's on, a, I think he's on somebody's practice squad. So right you now. would have to yeah. perch him off a practice squad? <clears throat> I don't know. I I think you've seen that and done that. I understand. I'm just saying, but like you're familiarized, right? You're not it's sure. Not, it's, it's not a question mark. You know what you're getting. You know that you know the proper expectations of that player. That's the risk with some of these guys that you would bring off the couch, um, who have been sitting all year long. Is you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what their what their workload is, what they're capable of doing, what the, what the good thing is, what the bad thing is. Like you know this player. You could put him in a situation to be successful yeah. based upon the proper expectations. Um, that's the one positive. I'm not saying that he's as dominant a player as some of the other guys that might be available, but you, at least you know what he's capable of based upon what you would ask him to do. So Tristan Hill. He's available, too. He is available. I know that one for sure. Yeah, I, like, uh, I like Tristan, but he's undersized. I mean, he's, yeah, he's quick. He's quick, yeah. Different, different body yeah. than what you're trying to replace with Jonathan Hankins. I, I really feel confident with what they have here to f- yeah. fill out what, what we'll be missing with Gallimore, Hankins. Mazi. Are they going to be able to make up for Hankins? Absolutely no. not. Like Hankins has been awesome in just plugging running lanes and using that wide body all season, but um, I would rather see these other guys get an opportunity. I didn't love what I saw from Mozzie Smith in the, in the snaps that he had in the second half last mm-hmm. week after Hankins went out, and I don't think the coaching staff maybe did either because Neville Gallimore got quite a bit of run there in the, late in the game, so um, we'll kind of see how that shakes out, but it's also an opportunity for Osa Digizua. You know, he's been so great he's in that interior in uh, this season. It's it's kind of almost um, unheralded a little bit just because of, you know, he doesn't show up in the stat box that much. And uh, he had a couple of really impactful sacks early in the season. But since then, it hasn't really been mm-hmm. the stat sheet filler that uh, you would expect from a dominant defensive lineman. But that's what he's been this season. And so he's been a disruptor. Yeah. It's another opportunity for him to kind of fill those running lanes and get around a little bit quicker, maybe. So we'll see. I'm still trying uh, to look I'm, through this roster for. A better name than Wellington Prevalon. <laughs> I think you might have it, though. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. When you guys are actually working, this is what I'm doing. Uh, Igbenagony is a great one, though. Sorry. My biggest concern Igbenagony. with the absence of Jonathan Hankins is in order to have the impact, based upon what we've seen this season, behind him, in order to have the impact that he has in his run-stopping ability, I believe that you have to start running more stunts. I think you have to start asking guys to move across the face of, of offensive linemen and filling those gaps with linebackers now versus just being able to put your foot in the ground and two-gap guys. And that's what, you know, Big Jonathan Hankins was allowing you to do. He was allowing you to play straight downhill, um, at least at that position, and everybody else to kind of, you know, do whatever else that, they, that Dan Quinn's asking. I'm not sure that you can take that same approach now with, with his absence. I think you have to change your defensive scheme on the front to, to elicit the same effect, effectiveness that he had. Who does a great job of, of running stunts like you're talking about? Whether we're talking about today's NFL mm-hmm. ever, like to you, when you think of a group up front running stunts like that, like who would you say is is, is something that jumps out, like just to give kind of fans a, a team? perspective? Or just or, or defensive I mean, tackles, just, I mean, whatever. Man, yeah, I mean, even just on this team, Quinn, yeah. I mean, not Quinn, <laughs> you guys got me looking at Quinn <laughs> Hannah. Let me get him off my screen. He's a practice um, squad with the Lions, yes. by the way. Um but also Digizua. Yeah. I think a lot of yeah. the ways in which he gets his his penetration and his disruption in the backfield is he crosses the face of a lot of his linemen. He's just so quick, so explosive. He can anticipate the, the, the snap count. He's done a great job of that this year. You know, Nick talked about how he hasn't necessarily shown up in the stat sheet, but he's definitely shown up for this defense. Um, and he has really made it difficult on opposing offensive lines. I'm not sure that that he's going to that it would just be him doing that now, right? You have your defensive ends, whoever's out there, Mike uh, D. Law. You had also that was kind of you know had the freedom to kind of cross the face of whatever guard is out there, and then you had Big Jonathan Hankins that could literally just push and go straight downhill. Now you don't have that force right next to to Osa Digizua. You don't have that, so now you either a have to ask Osa to come, hey, t- stop taking as many risks as you were as you were taking before in terms of crossing face and choosing a direction. And now I'm asking you to take away your biggest asset and just go straight ahead now. Or I'm going to ask everybody now to run stunts, right, to cross the face and to try to get that penetration, get these guys turning their shoulders. And now my second level has to be more aggressive towards the line of scrimmage. So I'm saying that's my biggest concern is now how does Dan Quinn in this defense change 
how they approach the running game of opposing offenses now that you don't have a presence that could just simply just come straight downhill. I'm not sure that they have that. Mozzie hasn't shown that. Neville yeah. Gallimore hasn't shown that consistently. So in order to have that impact, you have to change something because you're, you have a void now. Yeah, uh, multiple text messages that are talking about Mozzie. This one says, uh, we need our first-rounder to play like a first-rounder. Now is the time. Uh, this one says, Mozzie has been so ineffective that we're talking about getting guys off the couch to replace Hankins. And, and I agree. He has been ineffective. It, or am I Have I given up on Mozzie Smith to this point? Absolutely not. No. He's a first-round pick. You're not going to give up on him for multiple years. You're going to give him yeah. a chance to grow into a role is there a time in the NFL that comes every once in a while for significant players, significant picks like that to step into a role and they need them to fill that void? Yeah, absolutely. That's part of the game. That's part of the league. This is that time for Mozzie Smith, and I agree. I think he needs to step up in a massive way for them to try and fill this void over four games. It's not even – this isn't just to make a playoff run. This is down the stretch in imperative football games that you need him to play as a first-round pick. Yeah, just a little bit more context on what they have coming up. So this weekend, Buffalo Bills, the number 10 rushing offense in the NFL. Next week, the Miami Dolphins, the number two rushing offense in the NFL. And then the Detroit Lions right after that, the number five rushing offense Solid. in the Great. NFL. Solid. Great. Love this. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Nick. Somebody's going to have to fill that void Good in the work. interior for sure. <laughs> but people have to be realistic about the expectations and when everybody's talking about Mozzie we talked about this early on when he first got drafted and I think we mentioned how you just have to temper your expectations just because somebody's taken in the first round doesn't mean that they're going to come in and have an immediate impact Right, some players are going to require more time. Some to are. Some. You, you expect players understood to, to come in but and this, make an impact. We're not talking about a top fifteen pick, no. either. You know what I'm saying? So no, like, he he was a second round grade. Absolutely. So there there has to be a a realistic expectation of him as well. Just because he has a first round draft pick next to his name doesn't mean that he's going to come into the <laughs> NFL and wreck shop. That's he's just, carrying some baggage though for some other players. And when I say that, I mean if you're a Cowboys fan, if if you can sit here right now, and Isaiah Stanback can say, guys, it's just going to take him a year. He'll be fine next year or the year after. I think a lot of people would be fine. Mm, yeah. The problem is is that there's a lot of people out there thinking, is this Tristan Hill? Mm-hmm. Is this Taco Charlton? Fair. Obviously different players. Fair. You know, We're not comparing, but it's because you've seen that, yep. and it's not you've seen that back in the 90s or 80s Cowboys. You've seen that recently. Correct. I think that when you don't see an impact right away, especially from an organization that does get a lot of impact right away from first-round yeah. picks, yeah. people start to panic a little bit. Well, and that's a great point <clears throat> yeah, because of the opposite so. way, too. They've been spoiled in these first-round picks the last Facts. couple of yeah. years. Facts. 2020, C.D. Lamb, bam. Yep. Immediate impact. He's yep. one of the top receivers in the NFL. 21, Micah Parsons, yep. bam. One of the best pass rushers in the NFL, Absolutely. 22, Tyler Smith. Bam, he could be an all-pro this year. Absolutely. They've had immediate impact from the last three guys nice. before Mozzie Smith. So then the guys before that, then that's where you go back to, uh-oh. Yep. Are we going back to Taco? Or are you I going back to Tristan? Uh, Tristan Hill was the second-round pick, I know, yeah. but he was the first pick of that draft because you traded that pick for Amari Cooper. All, all, those, all those thoughts are fair. I'm not saying that anybody's thoughts are on yeah, this situation are Especially with what fair. the film has been yeah, put out there the with. Film, I would be more concerned if we hadn't seen any improvement this year. And I'm not saying that it was night and day now from week one to, to now. Sure. Okay? But we've seen improvement, right? He has some flashes in there where you're like, okay, Marzi, okay, like, I, I, I see. I see what, you, what you're working you can on. see the growth. Yeah, I can see the growth. And then, you know, he, you know, two steps forward, one step back type of deal. You talk about last week's performance. <laughs> you know, I think the week before that he had, he had, he had did relatively well. I can't remember if it was a week before or two weeks before. But he had stepped up. He was like, okay, all right, I, I see the growth. And then last week happened, it's like, ah, Okay, but you never like that's a that's a part of growth though. Some some people just go five, five steps ahead, boom, and they're like, oh crap, all right, that's what we're there talking about. Yeah, that's our first round pick. Some guys is like do 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 do, and then boom boom, right? They jump up two steps like he was jumping on the dog on stairs in Michigan. Okay, and then all of a sudden, boom, back a game. Okay, and he has to go back and learn. Okay, what did I do wrong? He did play against Jason Kelsey this week. Absolutely, I mean, right? So there's he's an all pro for. A reason. I'm not making excuses for him, but what I'm saying is, players develop at different paces, and that's all I'm saying. And just because he has a first round draft pick next to him, you can't change the expectation or the reality that some players just develop slower. So you have to give him that grace. As much as you would like for him to be a beast right now, he's not. So being that you've seen what it is on film. Give him the grace. Let him learn. Let him get in for, with the defensive line coach. Let him learn from Big Hankins and everybody else that's around him. He's learning, right? He's learning. And if he was showing regression, then we should have some concern. But we've seen flashes of, okay, now you're still not the dominant player that we expect you to be, but we see you getting better, 
right? And we're hoping that that you can have a Jalen Tober year one, year two jump, right? And they haven't utilized him as much as we thought that they would, but he made a huge jump from what we saw from year one to year two. So there's that opportunity as well. Well, I do think most people would agree with you, the people that are not just the, the immediate haters. Yep. Like, ah, get rid of them. Let's just drop them now yeah. before it's too late, yeah. you know? Other than those people, most people I think would agree with yeah. you, but those same people would also think in the back of their head, like, who's to say this will work? Like, what what gives us confidence that it will work? You know, yeah, he's developing. Maybe it's slower, but how do we know that there's success on the other side? You don't. You don't. It's part of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, look at a lot of the – I think that's where most of the concern kind of comes from with Mozzie Smith, though. I don't think it's – I don't think the majority of the people are the – aforementioned just haters off the off off rip like okay this guy's talking with charlton without even looking at him i think most of the people kind of have a little bit of rationality and look at him and see what's going on this season yeah there's been progression but like it's it's like here you know so i get it this text i i just have to address it seven three two that's why you don't take a second round graded player in the first round at what is a well-known position of need should have drafted somebody else they they didn't have Joey Porter Jr. Is that what he's asking to draft? He wouldn't JPJ. Even... He wasn't even available. I, I don't know if that's who he's talking about. <laughs> Maybe there's somebody else. There was no other first round grade. He was the highest rated player that they had on the board. And they, that's what happens. You have 15 graded first round players, 15 to 18 every single year. They were picking at 26. So he was available. But anyway, it was ahead. he. Uh, I mean, either way, either way. They they didn't pick him for a reason, and he was a second-round graded player at the back end of the first round. That's how it goes. Uh, if you wanted to, to talk about the impact of Jonathan Hankins and how he could be missed, we just spent an entire first segment on one news and note because yeah. of the impact of that defensive tackle position. Do you have any other pressing ones? We're good. We're, we're good. good. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to preview the defensive matchup, maybe a little bit more defensive tackle talk against this Buffalo Bills offense. How can they get after Josh Allen and continue to force some turnovers when we come back with more Talking Cowboys? Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company and Isaiah Stanback. Uh, Just finished chugging, another one in the break. Chugging Black yeah. Rifle Coffee I'm Company. I'm waiting on it to take effect. 
It, it hasn't kicked in. It hasn't yet. kicked in just yet. I thought you we, talked a lot. End of the show might have a freaking bang, baby. <laughs> <laughs> By the time it's I hope it stream. kicks in. I, it's going to be one of those moments on like Looney Tunes when the eyes start getting big and oh, you get yeah. dilated no. and it's just boom. It's definitely not. It's definitely kicked in because I was a zombie when I walked in here. So, so it is kicking in. It's kicking in. Oh, here. good, good. Love this. Sounds this is awesome. Yeah. This is like a slower reaction time from the hot sauce from Nick. <laughs> I was about to it's make that a, comparison. It's a different situation, but now it's just a different reaction. I slower. really want to see John do a hot no, sauce challenge, no, man. Not doing that. Yeah. You already did the impression. That's John exactly would have kept, my, he my, would curse me out. Isaiah, this is bull. <laughs> we, uh, oh yeah. My parents were in town last night, and we went to dinner. And, and uh, thanks for the invite. Yeah, yeah. sorry, dude. Sorry. The uh, my my wife was she she asked the the waitress at Mi Cocina down the road here at the Star, and she was like, "Hey, uh, do you have the hottest hot sauce? What's your hottest hot sauce?" Sorry, your wife and they said this, and she was like, "All right, bring it out." So she was just eating it all night. No big deal. Not even not even kicking her. That's me. And I was like, I. I I think at some point we need to. We I need have to a try fresh this. bottle at the house. Remember the bottle that I ordered that that got you, here late too. I have it. It came in, so I have a bottle. Have I'll, I'll give it to the wife. She wants to try. I don't want to do that. Your wife has three babies. We're not now. doing oh, it yeah. while she's pregnant. That ain't happening. Okay, well she's but eating hot sauce like a freaking skittles. She's still rolling with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your kids gonna come outside. <laughs> <laughs> What's your wife's thoughts on a Danny DeVito? I know she. On Danny, Not DeVito? Danny DeVito, you know what I'm talking about. Tommy DeVito, Tommy Tommy DeVito. DeVito? yeah, same thing. The the, the Italian yeah. culture kind of being in the forefront, yeah. they love it. I they know think she it's does. hilarious. They love, yeah. they love it. Yeah, she's she's they. I mean, honestly, seeing all of the different things from from the DeVito family and yeah. the, the tailgating, it just reminds me of her family the, for real. Because the they're from Staten Island, so they're right up there. I want to say the area. only other city that that would have been more perfect in is Boston. Like those aside, like New York yeah. and Boston, those are only two cities that that makes sense. In. New York's the fact got that, more of an Italian heritage, though. Yeah, I, I would call I would call New York. I think Boston's it's more, more Irish. Yeah, Boston has a little Italy. Like they it have does, a whole area. Does. Yeah, <laughs> that's what New York is, though. Yeah. I know, I know. it's big it's, Italy. It's, it's awesome. It's there was awesome. a tweet that said uh, on, while he was playing on Monday night, it was like every team should have a third string quarterback that's just an egregious stereotype <laughs> of the people that live in the area. So I'm trying to think like what would be the funniest was. So oh, we were cooking some up yesterday oh. while we were at. Salvation Army, so we were like, Miami would just be like this Puerto Rican dude who like might be kind of drunk sometimes, but he's just there for the Dang vibes, it. you know? No, no. He's, got like a, he's got like a pit bull vibe. Well, his, a- his agent didn't make it any better by wearing that suit. Exactly. Oh, he just lived it up. It so perfect. for Dallas, it would have to be someone who is a stereotypical like Country, cowboy. Yeah. Absolutely. It's gotta be, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't Cowboys say that. Boots. It's tough to sit there and say that Jason Kelsey perfectly fits Philadelphia, but to me, Jason Kelsey is kind of how he shows up to the stadium. Rough and gruff. Yeah, just everything about like the way he goes. I always think of him as. See, I would throw like Jason Kelsey in like Denver, like okay. the mountain man, gruff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he lived yeah. like he, just whenever he records his podcast, he's in like a log cabin. Yeah, like who's I think the I most Dallas cowboy? Cowboy, Demarvin Overshone. That uh, yes, currently on the team, yes. there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 man, they they showed him a bunch in the uh, sounds of the side. Yeah, and all I kept thinking about when I'm watching it is I'm like. Man, it'd be really nice if they Gosh. had him on the defense. They right showed now. a lot of Trayvon too. Oh yeah, that's same right, yeah, thing. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm trying. Man, you got. I'm trying to think of like all time, like who embodies like a, a cowboy the most. Uh, and I know I'm to, gonna be. To be honest, I, we did the Jay Novacek. Yeah, Novacek would be a good yeah, one. Yeah. Walt Garrison. Uh, yeah, Walt Garrison. Garrison. I was thinking Chuck Howley. Like he actually had a ranch. He has yeah, all yeah. that. Like back in the day, and I think ranch. Chuck Howley would be up there. Um, who was the receiver that they had that they signed from? Uh, that he was with the Steelers, it's like two years ago. James he, Washington. James Washington yeah. actually like had like horses, I think, and cows and yeah. something that like had a ranch and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so since we're already kind of talking national storylines, do it. Let's flip the segments. I okay. want to talk defensive preview in the last segment. Let's talk about some national storylines. We can get to what do you like, got here, well, JM? Well, because you brought up Devito, we'll start since with we, this. We'll start with Devito. Danny Devito. No, <laughs> What you? I thought it was kind of like a, a TV show type thing, seeing his agent on the sideline there. Absolutely. Um, but thoughts on that from you guys, but then also your thoughts on with what he's done, do, does it improve your chances? Because yeah. two or three weeks ago I was like, for sure, those are both wins for the Eagles. Yeah. And now with the way the Eagles are playing and the way that it seems like the Giants got something cooking, do you feel any differently or do you guys still think those are two wins for the Eagles? I think the Eagles lose to Seattle. Okay. Okay. I mean, that I, helps you out I a little that, bit. I think that it's, I think it starts there for them. I think they're trying to figure things out right now, and I think Seattle needs a win in a bad way. So I think Seattle gets that game. Um, but the Giants playing better, yes, because Coach Dayball with a capable quarterback is dangerous. That's just facts. 
I, that's something I've been talking about since he got hired. He hasn't had a quarterback that he can lean upon. This dude's a complete dog. I mean, you can look at freaking Josh Allen and see how he's struggling right now without him. I mean, he's been struggling since he left. And that dude is a – he's dangerous now. And DeVito could handle any kind of workload and, and the, the curveballs that Dayball really wants to put into the offense – I th- they might be able to sneak it, you know. I mean, when you have a team that's riding high, I talk a lot about how players re- really depend on confidence. You have a confident team, you remember, you remember how good of a player you are, regardless of how your team perception might be, regardless of how successful you might have been. If you're playing with confidence, they have a whole NFL team playing with confidence. That's not the same team that showed up on film for the first half of the season. I don't care who it is. I I love the sentiment. I do. I hear you. I love it. I disagree. Okay. I don't think Tommy DeVito is the, the answer. No, no, in, no I'm not in saying New that. York. I mean, he had a, he had one really good game. Mm-hmm. 80, 18 for twenty six. He, he passed for two hundred and forty six yards, three touchdowns. That was against Washington. They won that game thirty one nineteen. Washington's the worst defense in football mm-hmm. right now. Then you go up against the New England Patriots, one of the more struggling teams in football right now. But a really good defense. 10, 10 to seven, really good defense with missing five of their six top players. Then, then you've got Green Bay, and he throw or he threw for one hundred ninety one yards against New England, by the way, and then he throws for one hundred and fifty eight yards against Green Bay. They do right. win that game. That's the best win, mm-hmm. but he didn't do a whole lot in that game. He had some help, and I, I get what you're saying with confidence level and mm-hmm. the way that it's rising, and you're rallying around a quarterback. Maybe it's a, a Lynn sanity effect up in New York again. Yeah, I Joshua don't really Dobbs. know what it is. Yeah. Dobbs, is, yeah. Dobbs up, is another one. Yeah. You can build confidence around a guy mm-hmm. that helps. And they can get exposed. And Catalyze you your team. Yes. But then, you, yeah, whenever yeah. you go up against the legitimate opponents no, that are trying sure. to make a, an impact, trying to make a playoff push, that's I, different. I get it. I get it. But crazier things have happened. No doubt. Crazier things have and happened. The yeah. thing I think that benefits the Giants the most in this scenario is the fact that they play twice in three weeks. Because mm. you see them once. Yep. Then you go again. Two weeks later, that's what I think benefits Dable, what yeah, benefits yeah. the Giants. Yeah. And if you don't get them the first time around, you got a chance to, to spoil their season at the Facts. end and, and really love that. work things out. Uh, to answer your question, Jam, you know, aside from the Seattle game, I, I think that the Giants make it interesting. I don't know if, they, hope if so. they pull it out, but I think that they make it competitive as heck. In, at, least in the begin- at least in the beginning of the game, first half of the game. Um, I can't wait to see it. I really can't wait to see it. I'm, I love seeing players and teams get their swag back as long as they're not playing Dallas. I had three of these last <laughs> three of these last four games that the Eagles have, they're going up against desperate teams. Yep. You look at the Seahawks, they've lost five of their last six. They basically need to win out to make the playoffs. Correct. Uh the Giants, they're one game out of a playoff spot, which is wild to think of when they started two and eight, but here they are at five and eight, one game out of a one game out of a gabagool, you know. <laughs> um so and they have two games against the Giants. So we'll see. I think it's gonna get interesting for sure. Mike in Milwaukee with a nice stat. I'm going to have to go double-check this just to make sure. But the Eagles have not beaten Seattle in 15 years. 2008 was the last time that they beat the Seahawks. Some birds are better than others. You know. I agree with you on that one. <laughs> Listen, right up. Seattle, Seattle's, up. A, Seattle's a really good team. Yeah. Like, they're a really good team. They just, had, they just had some bad luck this year. Yeah. Stretch. They have lost seven straight. That is a fact. They've lost seven straight? Against the Seahawks. Nice. Let's go, Seahawks. Let's Get go, it baby. done. Let's Keep go. the streak alive. The last three have been on the road. Nice. Where's the game at? Seattle. It's in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a dub. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. We'll pick that game this week. Yeah, you're just right. We'll pick that game. My, 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 my answer's in. Let's roll. You want to see more agents dressing like that? Oh, that? please. Bro, how please. much confidence did he have to have in DeVito in order to wear that? His quarterback's Dude, three and one. I think like, it's a brilliant marketing oh. scheme. I think it's How many endorsements has he got? Well, he was on the television screen yeah. two yeah, minutes yeah. ago. He, I mean, we were, uh, we've got NFL Network on, and, he, and the agent, not Tommy DeVito, yeah. the agent was on the television screen a minute Absolutely. ago. He's that, I think it's Italian brilliant. college players right yeah. now. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Do what you got to do. He's going to be going up to, like, Rutgers <laughs> exactly. and Sacred Heart University and be like, all right, guys. You know the door. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the yeah, deal. Come sign with me, huh? <laughs> Come sign with me. <laughs> My uh, uncle, he run waste management. Exactly. Come sign with me. <laughs> Uh, next one I had, if we can move on. Um, Never. I want to talk about what I think is the biggest NFL storyline off of this past weekend, and that's the Kadarius Tony lining up offsides and Patrick Mahomes losing his mind on the Tyree. sideline. 
And then, you know, even complaining in the post-game audio, you could hear when he went up to Josh Allen after the game. Still complaining. Very, very uncharacteristic for Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, who is, I don't think any question, become the face of the league. Mm-hmm. And he has a since apologized, talking about how it was probably a bad look for kids that are watching the game. Yeah. And that, that certainly is something someone that would say is, is, is a face of the league. Yeah. So I wanted to get your guys' take on that. And then also their part of it was just... I'm I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan, not just the way he plays, the way he carries himself. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of Dak after the playoff game when they lost to San Francisco here in uh, January of 2022. And the the fans threw some stuff, and it, and it went and it was directed at the refs. And Dak responded when he was asked multiple times about this. He said, "Well, credit to them, credit to them." And it was just a very unlike Dak yeah. moment to basically be like, I forgot yeah, about that. yeah, throw Get stuff at him." And he and he issued an apology a couple of days after that as well. So um, I do find it interesting how there are moments when even these guys that it seems like nothing can draw them off sides hmm. can, but then how it really doesn't matter because these guys draw them off sides. I saw what you did. There. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and so it. I see what you did. It's in their character that it, just because Patrick Mahomes has that one moment, I, it doesn't change like his reputation to yeah. me. Like, you no, know, I think man. that he's a great guy to have as the face of the league. He had he had a, a moment where where his passion gonna, came out. Yeah, I'm going to speak for him, <laughs> uh, not knowing any of this for certain. But this is how what the way I felt of it when I looked at. it. I think it. Some of the frustration is from the week before not sure. getting the pass interference call against Green Bay, and I think there's a little bit of frustration too with. Yeah. Can can I get some weapons around me over yeah. here? Can you guys help me out a little bit? And he's not going to be the guy that yells at the teammates or yells at Andy Reid or or calls out the front office. And so I'm not saying that those are the main reasons. I just think that there's kind of a melting pot of things with him. Yeah, you kind of took it out of my mouth there as far as um, I, I think it's just a culmination of all the things that have kind of gone wrong in Kansas City offensively for him this year. And then it just kind of boiled over with a bad officiating mistake. Um, I think uh, – I thought it was childish for Mahomes. And yeah. I, I'm a Mahomes guy. Like, yeah. I have family from White House, Texas. He's an East Texas boy. Um, I watched him play baseball growing up. So, like, I I, I very much love Mahomes, but that was a childish moment for, for him. Sure. For sure. Um, and it, it's he's just super competitive. He's ultra competitive. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. see that whenever moments like that happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just going to tweet out a different receiver every week for um, <laughs> Kansas City to draft I, in the first round. I, I think yeah. this week, let's see, we've already done Romeo Dunze and Xavier Worthy. Let's go, Those like, two uh, good ones. I don't know. Let's just go ahead. Let's go another UW. Jalen Polk. There we go. There it is. Well done. Another East Texas boy. Don't they have – isn't Ross on their practice squad? Whatever happened to him? Justin Ross? No, he's playing. Is he? He's playing, Hmm. I think, Um, as far as I can tell. Let's address a couple things in regards to that story. we got to get to the offense here in a second. Um, So, Patrick Mahomes, super-duper passionate. I, I feel him. I feel his frustration. Um, do I like how he responded? Not at all, right? But the reality is he's a human being, and it, his emotions raneth over, okay? They, they, they ran over, and he's apologetic for that. I think every athlete has had a moment like that. Just every athlete hasn't had a moment like that while on national TV. That's the reality. If you knew the stuff that happens in practice, some the perspective and the perception of players would be completely different. If the fans knew the stuff that happened in practice and the mm-hmm. things that are said between players and said and you know fights all that kind of stuff none of that stuff ever gets out okay so understand that this is not yeah it's outside of his character um, but he is a, a passionate emotional player and when you have a play that you worked on maybe a handful of times and you go out there and you execute it to perfection in the most important part of the game to win a ball game and you have that pulled back away from you because of a call, yeah, you're gonna lose it a little bit. You're gonna because all the preparation, all everything that you've ever that you've put in in a very important game for them in terms of their playoff, you know, implications, in terms of the rivalry, all those things, all that just came out at one time. And I get it. I get it. And I hate that it was on TV for him. Um, but I that's it. You know, I, just, I don't think he, he didn't plan on that. It just came out, man. Um, so I don't fault him for that. I know he will be more aware of it going forward, but I don't fault him for having those, those, those feelings and those emotions because those things happen, especially in those heightened moments like that. In terms of Kadarius Tony, there's been a lot of controversy in regards to that. Yeah. Listen, as having played the position and having had guys play the position in, in, you know, for me, if you're not calling that, the entire game, don't call it in that moment. I'm not saying that it's okay for him to line up like that, but as a defensive lineman, they tell you to take every inch. 
take every single inch, right? And what happens is Michael Parsons lines up like that. People, the Cowboys nation would go insane if Michael Parsons lined up like that the entire game and then he gets a sack on the final game to end the ball game and the Dallas Cowboys win and they say, oh, offsides. Yeah. People would lose their mind. They would lose their mind and say, okay, I'm not saying that he wasn't offsides, but he's been offsides all game and you didn't call it. You didn't, you didn't tell him to get back. It's not like you told him to get back and he came back up again. Kadarius Tony lined up like that the entire game. He took every inch that the referees allowed for him to have, and in the most important play of the game, they call that flag. I think that's BS. That's just me, right? I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying if you're going to call that, you had all game to call it. Don't call it on that play. And people are going to say, well, they didn't know that that play was going to result in that. doesn't matter. It's yeah. the last play of the game. Right, it's the last, you know, towards the end of the game. Like, don't don't call that right then and there. That's the hard part, though, is was he more offsides on that play than he was on earlier plays? I mean, you got to go back and look at every single His inch along the way. His big toe across the line. It wasn't like he was he like was, a – He was in the neutral He zone. was over the line. I, was, I, but if you go back to the rest of the game, he was doing the same thing. He was lining up the same but that's exact what I'm way. Saying. Like, maybe comparatively, yeah. it yeah. was different that play than it was in any other play. Maybe he was over yeah. the big toe over the line beforehand, and then it's it's back. The thing is, that there's a there's a when you step up to the line of scrimmage as a receiver, you look at there. You look at most times you look at the yeah. at the referee, right. and the referee tells you straight up and down, "Hey, like get back." Like it's literally obvious. It's not like he gives you like a head and all. Like he's like, "Hey, <laughs> get back." Like you look at him, it's a quick glance, and I'm right back to to seeing exactly what's going on with the play. Sometimes you get in a, and you just line up. After a while of lining up that way, he's not telling you to get back. Okay, I'm good. I don't, like I'm not even at a certain point. I'm not even looking over there anymore because I yeah. know he hasn't. I haven't had a problem to this to this point of the game. So now I'm just lining up the same way I've been lining up the entire game. And if he didn't call it the whole game, then I'm fine the whole game. Why would it now be different right now? Because he was a full yard. Off. Uh, he was I not mean, a full was, yard. He was all the way. He was up not a full yard. It was he pretty obvious. Three feet. He had half a foot over the line. I'll say that. Yeah, he's talking he about inches. You're literally talking about inches. If you're on the ball, that's one thing. If you're over the ball, that's the other thing. I struggle with giving Kadarius Tony the benefit of the doubt because young receivers are taught every single time you line up. And he didn't do it. I, I, I hear you until you're in it, right? Like it sounds like it sounds good until Agreed. you're in it. So when you're going through a whole game and you're doing that. Like after a while, I'm not checking with you anymore, right? You know, so I might glance, and if you're not telling me to get back off a glance, like I'm right, I'm talking about like a half a second glance. That's what we're talking about. Boom, line up, and I'm not saying that he did that or not. I'm just saying like after a whole game of lining up the same way, and you have no problems with it, now all of a sudden you do. That's why there was a big. That's why those guys responded the way they did. Yeah. That I mean, so I'm not again. I'm not saying that he should have been lining up offsides, but in his eyes, he wasn't offsides because he didn't get flagged for it the whole game. We got to go to break. I know. When we come back, we're going to quickly talk about the Buffalo Bills offense here on Talking Cowboys. They have offense? <laughs> they say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, and by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Final segment here. All right, Isaiah, I want you to ramp that Black Rifle coffee, those 300 milligrams of caffeine, all the way up. I need you to tell me what Buffalo does well on offense. Go. Well, this have, isn't they, Yeah, they have weapons everywhere. I mean, they, they they do have the weapons. Now, the guy who's distributing the ball necessarily isn't having the greatest of years. And I think he's really missing his offensive coordinator from two years ago. But Isaiah, ball. he's tied for the yeah, league lead in throws, total touchdowns. Yeah, he, com- he throws compiled. the ball around, dude. But you're talking about one of the quote-unquote, and still perceived that way by me, one of the best passers in the game, right, in terms of abilities and just he's a dog. He's a beast, okay? He just needs a freaking O.C., this dude only has, I think, what, four games over 300 this year? Yeah. And I think he only has the one game, two games without an interception. Four games over 300. We're talking about Josh Allen. Four games over 300 this year and only two games without an interception. This dude's struggling. He's struggling. And he has Cooks. He has Diggs. He has Kincaid. He has a lot of dudes they can get the ball to. But if he can't. You know, if he's getting pressure on him, he's throwing it away. He's throwing it into coverage. If he's trying to make a big play, he's trying to force things into it because their offense hasn't been consistent enough for them to have a boat of confidence for him to feel the necessity not to make a big play. Like, he's forcing – he's he's doing what Dak did last year. Let me just throw in one thing real quick here on this. He is a different player at home. You look at his numbers at home. His, mm. his QB rating at home is 109.7. His QB rating on the road is 78.1. Wow. I mean, it's like way different that is at home in, in a way. Huge so difference. That's the only thing. Like, I agree with everything that you're saying. I just think that there is a chance that you might get the best Josh version, Allen yeah. for this game. Sorry, go No, ahead. no, you're fine. No, that's it. That's all I had to say. It's just he's, he's having a rough year. The other thing about it is, I mean, he's coming off of a mediocre game. 23 of 42 passing, 233 yards. He was sacked three times, had one touchdown, one interception. His best receiver, Stephon Diggs, had 11 targets, four catches on 11 targets, and he had 24 yards along of nine. So they won that game. They got the win in Arrowhead. You do what you got to do. You survive. You advance. But they did not play well as across the board. They don't have chemistry right now. It's that defense that really led them in that win in Arrowhead, and we'll talk about the defense significantly tomorrow, but whenever you don't have your best game, but you come out with a win, does that build confidence going into the next one? I think think most teams, yes, but this team, as strong as they are on defense, I think they're an offensive team, historically. Historically, they've been an offensive team. That's what you've led with, and you looked on the other side and like, man, Coach Frazier got them boys playing on defense, Poyer and all them, but offensively, you rely on the Buffalo Bills scoring a ton of points. And Diggs being a complete dog, and Allen and Diggs being on the same page, and now you got a tight end in there, who in Kincaid, who can freaking run heck of a great routes and catch the ball, and they they've been that, so they have all those pieces still in place, but they don't, for whatever reason, between the play calling and the players, like they're not they're not gelling. They yeah. haven't been gelling for the last two years. They just haven't. Um, this year is obviously pretty bad, um, but they're still dangerous. You know, they're still dangerous. You're, you, this is one of those things where it's like. I hope they don't catch on fire this week because you know what they're capable of. We talk about all these weapons, and, and surely, like that—that's that's what made it. That is what has made Buffalo so dangerous over the course of the last few years, and Josh Allen being able to do that. But up front, they are a mountain. Like mm-hmm. the smallest guy on their offensive line is six foot five, three hundred eighteen pounds. Jeez. That's the smallest guy on their offensive line. Who is that? Um, that would be Connor McGovern, not mm-hmm. the Connor McGovern everyone is familiar with, but Connor McGovern. No, that um, is the Connor McGovern that everyone's familiar with. Is it? It is. Oh, I thought he that's was the Jets. That's see, exactly see, that's where where I, was. I, I yeah, even they get confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I I um, six foot five, three hundred eighteen pounds. That's that's the smallest guy up front. And whenever we factor in that Jonathan Hankins is going to be out for this game, I think that's a certainty. Um, and th- this pass rush unit is going to have to come alive to get it, get it 
in control of Josh Allen, kind of contain the pocket, what they were able to do against Jalen Hurts, similar stuff. Uh, they're going to have to get through a, a mountain first in Buffalo in the cold against a lot of strength and size. That's that's where I have my biggest concerns when I when I look at this Buffalo offense. The last weather update in Buffalo was what, 40? Low 40s, low 40s, high winds, so we'll see. Not too bad. Or not high winds, but high winds comparatively to here. To, to yeah. play <laughs> Not in this wind tunnel out here in yeah, yeah, practice field. Outside yeah. the they're, they're prepared for that. <laughs> that one day last week, it was oh crazy. Goodness. Windiest I've ever been anywhere. Yeah, Chicago, Detroit, wherever that was. If Brandon, that Aubrey, if Brandon was Aubrey would have kicked the fifty yarder in that, it would have came back and hit him in the foot. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point. It got, to, it got to the point where they just didn't even do anything. They took all the footballs and put them to the side because it wasn't even worth punting, kicking field goals, throwing passes, anything. And it was just like, okay, well, when the quarterbacks come out, we're going right back in. This is yeah. what sounds like something you put like the circus music to. It was especially when everything was like blown around. People's hats are blown around, blocking. You know, oh pads God. are blown around. Robert Prince did you lean into the wind like Michael Jackson? Did <laughs> I didn't. I wish I would have. <laughs> I would love to see JM just leaning like this. All right. Uh, quick trivia question to end out the show. Dak Prescott has defeated 29 of the 32 teams in the NFL. Of course, one of those that he has not defeated would be the Dallas Cowboys. What are the other two teams? Buffalo and Baltimore. No, uh, Buffalo is one. That's why I'm asking the question. It's not Baltimore. It's not Baltimore. He has defeated the Baltimore Ravens. He's one and zero against the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, uh, that's right. They they, they mm-hmm. didn't have uh, Dak in that December game in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. It'd have to be an AFC. Yeah, team. it, it AFC. is an AFC team. So you've got the Bills as one. Jaguars. No, no. They've beaten the Jaguars. Chiefs? Not the Chiefs. He's beating the Chiefs. One and one against the Chiefs. Broncos. It is the Denver Broncos. Of course, it's the damn Broncos. 0-2 against the Denver Broncos. So there you go. Uh, His career numbers, he only had one game against Buffalo. 32 of 49. Uh, He had two touchdowns and interception. Threw for 355 Mm. yards. Thanksgiving game a few years back? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Do you know the starting quarterback for the Cowboys was the last time they played in Buffalo? Uh, Ooh. Drew Bledsoe. Was it not Romo? No, it's more recent than Bledsoe. more recent. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is Dak averaging right now? Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. That's wow. Beam. Good what's, job. What's Dak averaging right now in the air? Averaging like two seventy nine ish. Yeah. There you go. All right. That does it for us. We'll talk more about Dak Prescott versus that Bills defense tomorrow. Isaiah will still be hyped up on his Black Rifle coffee tomorrow. Thank goodness. Oh, no, let's let's go. Did you just bounce that let's in? Freaking go! That's the Black Rifle. Uh, that's all. That's the yeah, that's, Black that's Rifle is. effect. Is is what it is. <laughs> for for Chris Beam, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. For Isaiah Stanback, Mr. Black Rifle himself, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,